Welcome to another episode of Demolition Now, the official podcast of the National Demolition Association. I'm your host, Kevin McKenney, Director of Government Affairs for NDA. On this podcast, we'll examine the big issues driving the industry, hopefully in an informative and engaging manner that will keep you coming back. If you have suggestions for topics for future episodes, please email them to me at kmckenney at demolitionassociation.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Demolition Now through iTunes or Stitcher, available in the Google Play Store. You can also listen to us online through the NDA website. On this episode, NDA Executive Director Jeff Lambert speaks to Christina Kelly, Director of Planning and Neighborhood Revitalization for the Genesee County Land Bank Authority. They discuss the land bank's involvement in large-scale demolition within their community and demolition industry trends. Later, I speak with Brian McKinney of Guyanga Company about his company's community involvement, NDA's educational courses, and the challenges and opportunities of workforce development. So stay tuned. Demolition Now podcast listeners are aware that the National Demolition Association back in April had its first Washington fly-in. At the Washington fly-in, the NDA met with the EPA and OSHA. During the meeting with the EPA, we were connected with John Grosshans. And through that meeting, which we interviewed on an earlier podcast, John recommended contacting Christina Kelly, who's the Director of Planning and Neighborhood Revitalization with the Genesee County Land Bank Authority in Flint, Michigan. Here to d- today to discuss the land bank is Christina Kelly. So welcome, Christina. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So our listeners are, are really interested in what you're doing up there in Michigan. There's a lot of demolition activity up there. Uh, one of the things that John... Um, talked about when he was here uh, was a hardest hit fund. So we want to follow up with a few questions for you um, and then get your contact information. So that being said, uh, could you just tell us briefly how the land bank came to be and what the land bank does for the community? Sure. Uh, so the Genesee County Land Bank um, is located in, in Flint, Michigan, and um, the land bank formed back in 2004. I think as many listeners um, may know, Flint experienced an economic downturn and some economic hardship in the 70s and starting in the 70s and 80s. And as a result, um, there was a surplus of of abandoned, vacant and abandoned housing and an increase in tax foreclosure. So in um, the late 1990s and 1999, there were some changes to the Michigan tax foreclosure system that really was an opening for local government to play more of a proactive role in um, taking ownership of these properties um, after they were tax foreclosed and abandoned and um, helping to deal with some of the challenges on those properties and then trying to put them back into productive use. So uh, within that context, the land bank was formed um, in 2004 to take ownership of properties after the Genesee County Treasurer foreclosed on the properties, the properties went through required auction, and then the inventory that was left after tax foreclosure was transferred uh, to the Genesee County Land Bank. So early on, 
Um, you know, we had hundreds of properties uh, transferred to the land bank, and each year since 2004, um, the land bank has received a new round of um, tax foreclosed properties. Um, and so today, uh, we have over 14,000 properties in Genesee County. Now, the majority of those properties, uh, about 86% of those, are located within the city of Flint. Wow, uh, it's a really impressive project. We do have quite a few members uh, that work uh, in Michigan, particularly in Detroit. I'm thinking of Homrich, Adamo. We have Brandenburg Demolition um, that also does some work in both Illinois and Michigan. Um, you know, the land bank itself, I see, has received uh, $67.5 million from the hardest hit fund uh, to demolish around 4,700 blighted and abandoned houses. Uh, what are some of the challenges and triumphs of such a large-scale demolition within the community? Yeah, um, lots of challenges and triumphs. Uh, first and foremost, um, being able to demolish so many blighted, abandoned structures in neighborhoods where residents are still living and investing in their homes has made a huge difference. Um, it's really enabled us to tackle um, a huge uh, problem of, of, of blight in the city of Flint um, and the, in the areas immediately surrounding the city. Um, so having a house you know, that's burned out and blighted where residents are living right next to that um, and there's so little resources often available uh, at the local and state level to address the challenges of blight um, that this this program just really made a huge impact in terms of improving the quality of life for residents living um, directly uh, next to or across the street from um, these properties. There are also some studies that indicate that um, removing these blighted structures helps to uh, decrease the criminal activity. Definitely the perception of uh, crime in neighborhoods um, it also helps to encourage residents to invest in their homes. If, if you remove the blight from the neighborhood, they can um, have a sense that they're going to stay and they're going to they're commit to investing in their own homes and commit to improving uh, properties around them. Um, also, residents have been able to purchase uh, vacant lots next to them after a demolition is complete. So they can actually expand their property, expand their yards, um, and incorporate those yards into their homestead. Um, so that also really helps to uh, improve the quality of life of residents and improve the appearance of those, um, those neighborhoods. Um, in terms of uh, challenges, uh, it has been challenging to implement the program. I think... First and foremost, uh, this is a new source of money uh, from the U.S. Treasury. And in Michigan, it's run through the Michigan State Housing Development Authority through MISHTA. Um, and because of the brand new program, um, there were no you know, clear rules and regulations and guidelines that you can look up and understand how the program works and understand you know how it's going to operate and how it's going to be over overseen and regulated and all that so um and the state you know and treasury were kind of building the program as they were running it so 
There were also a lot of changes um, throughout the program um, that affected how we operated day to day. So um, trying to build a program uh, from us, you know, from, from our perspective, we were running a pretty small scale demolition program where we are doing anywhere from 50 properties to 450 properties a year, depending on the funding source. And then to scale up to more like a thousand properties a year um, without really having a clear understanding of how this funding source works, um, I think was, was the biggest uh, challenge uh, for us. So, you know, hiring staff, building our compliance um, systems and really figuring out how we were going to operate, knowing that the system would probably be changing um, as it operated uh, was, was definitely uh, a, a challenge for us. I would say in addition to that, um, there was some changes in the state uh, regulatory environment, um, interpretations or um, enforcement of um, OSHA and NESHAP, my OSHA in Michigan, um, uh, and NESHAP, where regular regulators were getting stricter on enforcing those rules um, just because of changes in leadership in uh, within, um, it was the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy, as it's called now, EGLE. Um, so changes there uh, with stricter enforcement um, where we realized that we had to have more systems in place to ensure compliance um, with those regulations as well as our funders were demanding to see all documentation of compliance with all rules and regulations. So we had to really tighten our systems of um, compliance and really get our contractors on board um, in terms of providing all complete documentation to us to show that all rules and regulations were met. Um, and that was a huge challenge for us, a huge challenge for our contractors. Um, but I think in terms of successes, I feel like we have gotten there and our contractors are doing a great job um, really meeting our, our standards. Um, so we, we feel really good about where we have come um, in the last five years in terms of um, having a really uh, strong system where uh, we can demonstrate uh, compliance. So it's a success. It's really impressive. I mean, just looking at the sheer scale of the work that has been done um, over the last five years. And I think from your position, you know, having a bird's eye view of working with the contractors and then, you know, the community itself, I'd be curious to know if you've seen any trends within the demolition industry that have improved your ability to remove blight and revitalize land over the last five years. Um, I think, you know, as, as, we had um, to meet certain grant requirements and, um, and we have to basically turn in all documentation to demonstrate compliance. We've seen, you know, our contractors have been very responsive um, to us and we have seen, um, you know, an, an increase in, in accountability and, um, and compliance as we have, um, demanded it and the regulators have, we definitely have seen changes 
um, within the in, that with you know within the companies that we work with, um, and, and maybe it's part of it is just the documentation um, where in the past they may have been complying but they didn't show have the documentation to show it, um, whereas now we definitely are are seeing an increase um, in um, kind of responsiveness to that those rules and regulations. That's great to know. I mean, one of the things that we focus on here at the National Demolition Association is training. Uh, we have a, a series called the Foundations of Demolition Management Training Series. We talk a little bit about this and a little bit about uh, compliance um, when it comes to some of these things. So it's, it's interesting and it's great to hear um, that level of cooperation. Um, you know, I'm also curious to know, like, what are some of the upcoming projects or goals that uh, the land bank is working on right now? And um, how can the demolition industry assist uh, in achieving those goals? Yeah, well, we are um, always you know, seeking new funding for uh, demolition. It's, our program is not going to operate at the same scale um, as it has over the last five years, but we are going to continue to do uh, demolitions. And we'll be looking at different sources of funding. We currently have some support uh, from HUD through Community Development Block Grant funding through the City of Flint. We also have funding um, to support demolition and cleanup projects through the EPA, um, as well as private sources of funding. Um, we have some um, investors in, in redevelopment um, that have put money into demolition, and we're also going to we're going to be expanding that to look at other private sources of funding to support blight elimination um, in the city and the state of Michigan often has opportunities for demolition funding um, somewhat sporadically, but uh, we'll be, you know, continuing to look for uh, additional sources um, of funding for demo. And we are going to be doing, we do commercial demolition um, as well as residential. Um, So uh, hopefully we'll, you know, we're just going to continue to chip away at it um, and keep up the work. It just uh, won't be at the same scale until we um, actually see another funding source similar to the Hardest Hit Fund, which hopefully we do see in the future. Well, you know, from our perspective, we, um, we've certainly, since our Washington Flying, I mentioned earlier, um, we've been working through our committee system to assist the EPA in helping to answer any uh, questions on um, you know pre-engineering and things like that that EPA has requested us to assist with. So I wanted to extend the same offer to you. Um, if there are any resources that our members can provide or we can provide um, as you go forward, more than happy to. But you know, conversely, um, you know, where can listeners go um, to find more information uh, about the land bank um, or any questions they have um, regarding some of, of these programs that you've been talking about? Uh, you can find us on our website, thelandbank.org, uh, and you can also find us on Facebook. Well, fantastic. This is a fascinating project. We'll continue to follow it here at the NDA. You know, as I said, we have many members up there um, in that um, in, in the Michigan, Illinois, Chicago, St. Louis area um, that work frequently um, across states and are in the area as well. So we'll keep an eye on it. And like I said, if there's anything um, 
any information uh, that you want to pass along to our members, we're always open and we really appreciate the time and thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Joining us today on the podcast is Brian McKinney, founder and CEO of Detroit-based demolition contractor, Guyanga Company. Brian, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So could you just briefly describe uh, your background, how you get involved in demolition, and uh, how did you start your business? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my background is actually in software development, um, and I primarily used to build software and work in tech, tech startups on the West Coast. Uh, Silicon Valley and Las Vegas area, uh, and I ended up migrating to Houston. I'm getting involved in civil engineering side of building software for civil engineering companies, and so that was a natural segue to int my interest. Kind of got involved into the construction side of things, and um, being a native Detroiter, uh, there was a push for more inclusion of African Americans and minority, and the resurgence of uh, infrastructure buildup in the city of Detroit in the metro area. And I was invited to participate in some events around uh, information uh, regarding the whole demo build blow up uh, they were doing out in the city of Detroit. And, you know, that kind of got me interested in saying, hey, why not switch from the engineering side into the actual performance side? Super. And it's definitely clear when looking at your company's website that you're very passionate about the work that you do for, I think, a number of reasons. Um, can you just speak a little bit about Gayanga Company's mission and the goals that you have uh, for the company and the community as well. Yeah, so one of, one of the biggest components of our mission is to make sure that communities in which we work are included in the revitalization of, that we participate in. And so um, one of the things uh, as a data guy, a data nerd, my background was looking at data around, um, you know, nationally there's this big infrastructure boom and oftentimes there's communities are moving more into the urban cities to live, uh, there, there hasn't been as much done to making sure that the people that participate get to, um, to realize some gain in that. And so at Guyanga, we're very intentional whenever possible to create employment opportunities for people who come from the communities in which we work. And we've seen a direct benefit um, in the quality of our workforce, the eagerness, the, uh, the go-getter attitude, by participating, uh, and also from a safety perspective, people tend to take it more serious when they understand the communities in which they work. And so being from those communities, they wanna uh, take care of those communities. And so we found that focusing on not only providing a high quality product for our, our customers, our clients, um, it's important to be inclusive in the community. And so that's a big component of our mission. Um, another big component is technology. So being uh, software developer, by background, you know, looking at ways in which we can realize more efficiencies, uh, aggregating data, a lot of municipalities and public sector work have put more of the, the, the work data online and just figuring out how to best use that information. Um, and so, you know, between being more inclusive in communities and upward social mobility uh, and letting technology lead uh, our work through data, uh, I think that covers pretty much why I'm passionate about our work and the mission. That sounds great. <clears throat> so you've been uh, a really active member of the National Demolition Association. Uh, you received NDA's Foundations of Demolition Management Certificate and are often sending your employees uh, to these courses as well. What do you think are the uh, benefits that, that you've seen 
uh, as a result of your participation in the association and uh, with some of the educational opportunities? Um, well, I think first, you know, the, the NDNA is it's unique. Uh, we're as a company, a part of other national um, organizations in construction, but the NDNA has a great balance of uh, large corporate members, but also it's a very much a strong sense of uh, families. And I think one, it's encouraging to see multi-generations in this industry surviving and not only surviving, thriving. And so that, that, that openness, that sense of family was something that uh, really resonated with me the first time I attended an event after joining. And in terms of the class, the intentionality uh, to create a baseline level of understanding in our industry, uh, to me, just tackling that mission, I think the NDNA uh, is, is, is doing a great job of figuring out how to create better best practices or make those best practices available um, for, for, for knowledge here. And so that was something that initially attracted me. And I feel like it's a great baseline to continually send our team members um, to get that education, to give them a baseline. They're getting a real world experience, they're getting our Kayanga culture value system, but to also hear from different people that have done different scopes, oftentimes larger projects than we've yet participated, and hear some of the best practices they learned on those jobs. is something I think that is uh, invaluable. And um, I think it should be adopted in all aspects of uh, infrastructure as well. Well, that sounds great. And I wanted to ask also about, you know, just some additional aspects of NDA membership. And so besides the NDA education courses uh, that you were just talking about, what have you found to be the most meaningful aspects of membership with NDA? Um, you know, I don't know if it's events or uh, you can maybe touch on some of the other things that you find very valuable about uh, membership with the association. Well, I think, you know, uh, the strong network, right? The NDA is a collection of the best um, in class demolition environmental contractors in the country who have touched or been a part of probably every, if not every, the majority of large scale projects in the country. And, you know, being able to, you know, have a conversation at these great events and networking events um, or just conferences or uh, workshops uh, and, and having, a time, having an opportunity to speak with people who have literally torn down power plants or nuclear facilities or, or um, repurposed or environmental friendly use cases for recycling materials and just having a personal interaction with people who are doing such large scale, impactful, dangerous work. Um, I, I, I just, I've just been um, in awe of the opportunity of just knowledge share and just, you know, whether, and also vendors. I mean, so we participated in the conference. Uh, we were doing a larger project um, outside of our general average work. So we didn't, have a machine large enough, we were able to, you know, use the vendor through NDNA, we were able to uh, develop a relationship with company wrench and we weren't just, you know, calling on the phone or looking up on a the website. They're like, oh, we know the guy, we know Brian, he's the owner, we have had a chance, we've been able to develop a business relationship and they were able to come through for us on a larger demolition, demolition site with a larger piece of machinery. And I mean, having those relationships and those warm intros goes a long way in um, growing and making a business more sustainable. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about thinking about the industry. So what do you see as the biggest challenges for the industry over the next, um, you know, 15 years? You know, what can what can the industry do to promote careers in demolition and attract, you know, that next generation to the industry? 
Yeah, I think I think that's something I think about every day. And so when I think the biggest challenge is um, obviously uh, workforce aging. And so, uh, you know, there there isn't as much emphasis nationally on vocational training or uh, apprenticeship as it should be. Um, it's they're great paying careers, uh, getting a skill like uh, what we provide. And so um, one of the things I think about is that. Um, you know, we need to do more of getting younger people engaged and making them and demystifying. I think uh, there's a there's a there's a unfair mystique around participating in construction. I think actually we get to do some cool work um, and being able to have more participation by younger people. And I think we have to get more diverse. I think that as our country, um, I think 2040 or mid 2040s, minorities will make up the majority of this country. And I think that as an industry. That's um, one of the challenges is making sure that um, uh, we have enough uh, black and brown people participating um, to really deal with the changing demographics of our country. So I think that I think that'll be equally important. Absolutely, thank you. And just to uh, give your your company a little bit more uh, activity here, where can our listeners uh, follow Guyanga Company to keep up? with you know, your latest projects, community involvement, uh, things like that. Where can we find out more about your company and, and stay up to date with what's going on? So we're, uh, you can find us online at uh, guyangaco.com. So that's uh, G-A-Y-A-N-G-A-C-O.com. Um, we're also on Twitter as Guyanga uh, Co. We're on Facebook. We're also on Instagram. Um, and we're rolling out some pretty cool things. We, we, we really are working um, to launch our own, we, we, we put it together. We're going to really take training and making sure to some of your question about the challenges in the industry. We work directly with high schools and middle schools. Um, so just, you know, just to get exposure to our industry and we're working really hard in the Latino community and in the African-American community to just make people aware of these career opportunities. And so we are going to be rolling out some pretty cool things um, pretty soon in the next few months through our social media or uh, around awareness and opportunity. NDA has recently launched two new member benefits for government affairs. First, NDA has launched a grassroots action center. This is located on the NDA website and is designed to allow NDA members the chance to connect directly with their elected officials with just a few clicks. Be sure to check in periodically for updates and chances to contact your legislators about important issues facing the industry. Second, NDA has launched a new procurement database. This is a list of available federal contracts involving demolition and allows members to search anywhere in the country with just a few clicks. Log into the NDA website and navigate to the advocacy page for more information. This fall, NDA plans to launch a government affairs focused webinar series on a quarterly basis. This will be a members-only briefing designed to provide the latest advocacy news affecting the industry. Stay tuned for announcements on this webinar series coming up this fall. That concludes another episode of Demolition Now. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.